0: We want to welcome Pastor Dennis Ellis from St. Petersburg, Russia. Thank you. Thank you. You're very gracious. In Second Samuel, the 17th chapter... In the 15th verse, there's a conspiracy against David. Even his family has turned against him. And he's in the valley. He's in a wilderness. And they're going to kill him. And in the 16th verse, it says, Now therefore, sin quickly and tell David, saying, Lodge not this night in the plains of the wilderness, but speedily pass over, lest the king be swallowed up. And all the people that are with him. David was going to die. If God will permit, I want to share with you for a few moments what this ministry and what Pastor did in my life. And this is not a normal sermon that I preach, but this is what God put on my heart. Because there was a time in my life that I was in the wilderness and I was dying. And it seemed like the enemies were all around. And then in Isaiah, the 40th chapter and the 31st verse, we've heard our pastor preach there many times. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. Eagles is mentioned over 32 times in the Scripture. And I want us to look at the eagle because it's the only way I know as an old country boy from Tennessee that I can express what's on my heart towards my pastor and towards these men of God. The eagle is the king of birds. And I was reading after an Indian named Tacoma. He's not from my tribe, but that's all right, I... You know, everybody can't be Cherokee. I understand that. But Tacoma tells the story of how in one of the western states, in a place called Eagle Bluff, which is five mountains, that forms an area that is a wilderness you cannot get into except by foot. And he tells how he climbed to the mountaintops and there was the bald eagle. He counted 33 eagles setting on their rock. By the way, an eagle sets on the same rock all of its life. That's a real good example for us. He never changes rocks. But that's not what he was looking for. He began to journey, a half a day's journey, into the valley. And in the valley, he saw something that would change his life, and it changed my life too, as I understood. Because there in the valley, time and time again, he would find eagles that were dying. They had given up hope. Their feathers were coming out. Their heads were bowed to the ground. Their beaks was covered with calcium they could not even eat. And their feet were gnarled. And they could not walk. And they had come there to die. And he watched day after day. And he says then... He would hide behind the rocks, and he would look up to the top of the mountains. And there, those mighty eagles, sitting on their rocks, would then swoop down into the valley, into the wilderness, but they would never land there. And he noticed in their mouths, some had rabbit, some had squirrel. Sounds like a good Tennessee meal to me. I'm getting hungry already. (laughs) They would swoop down. He said sometimes eight, ten. And they would never go to the ground. But they would begin to cry out. And those eight would drop those pieces of meat down to those eagles that were dying. He says not all of them ate. But then... After the eight dropped the meat, there would be sometimes ten and fifteen other eagles all in the family. They would fly around and they would scream to the top of their voice. And they would scream and they would encourage and encourage and the meat was there. And some of the eagles with crippled hands would walk over and begin to eat the meat. Somebody hold my mule and I'll just shout. And he had 30 or 40 minutes. They would eat the meat. And then they would be doing a greater grace dance. They would jump up and flap their wings like this, you know. And he said he would leave. And he came back two days later. And that day there were five eagles. Two ate, three did not eat. And when he came back, the three were dead in the valley. If David had stayed in the valley, he would have died. But two eagles ate, and they crawled with all they could to the rock where they were. And he said he went to the rock, and he saw something that was unbelievable. He said the eagles were sitting on their rock. And he says their eyes was looking into the heavens, and tears were rolling down these eagles' eyes and falling on their chest. And their chest was soaked with tears as they looked up into the sky. They never looked back down to the ground. And they looked. And he said after 30 or 40 minutes, they leaped and they began to fly higher and higher and higher, higher than they had ever flown before. Because somebody cared. Somebody came when they were in the valley of wilderness of death and loved them. I want to tell you, years ago, I was in that wilderness and I pulled up on this lot and there was a mighty eagle flew over me and began to drop me. Excuse me, I I can't help but preach like this, I'm sorry. And that mighty eagle... Put his arms around me and says, Pastor Ellis, welcome. I didn't even know who he was. But he was an eagle. And I liked what he fed me. And then another mighty eagle came along. Dr. Lewis came. He said, Son, you'll probably not make it in this ministry. And I give him a testimony. He said, Welcome. <laughs> you are a kind of eagle. Eagle after eagle after eagle began to fly. And I was in the wilderness. When I came here, my feathers were out. I had seen conspiracy. My head was to the ground. I didn't really care what happened. I couldn't eat even because my mouth had been crusted because of legalism, because of people attacking and attacking and attacking. But when I came on this property... God did something that changed my life. And you can say amen because most of you have the same testimony. Hallelujah. The enemy that surrounded me told me I would never pastor again, and I never have. But Jesus is doing some unbelievable things through this old body, and I'm just enjoying watching Him do it. And since that day, Pastor, I've flown higher than I've ever flown in my life. I wouldn't trade what I'm doing right now. It would be a demotion to become the President of the United States. I'd be taking a cut in salary to be that. But it didn't happen by myself. It happened when a mighty eagle flew over and screamed out, Come fly with us. Oh, but I can't do that. Yes, come fly with us. But you don't understand. They've told me I can never do But come fly with But you don't understand. Listen. Come fly with us. Pastor, thank you. Dr. Lewis, thank you. You other men, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Listen just for a moment carefully. You know, the greatest thing in life is knowing Jesus, isn't it? And I remember my pastor when I was 10 years old. He'd shared the gospel with me and it sounded so good. I received him. My dad was such a saint of God, he took me home and he run me through it again. He wanted to make sure I really got a good portion and it's lasted ever since. It's good. But if you're here tonight, oh, my dear friend, if you don't know the Savior, you're missing everything that's in life. It doesn't matter who you are. Church member, non-church member, leader, it doesn't matter. That's not the question. The church you go to, your religion is not the question, you see. The question is, do you know Him personally, intimately? Has He come into your life and given you a new life? And maybe you feel like you're in the world and just nobody cares, but He cares. and He loves you. Wouldn't you receive Him tonight? The Holy Spirit speaking to you. How do I know that? This Word says so. That small voice you hear is not my voice. It's the Holy Spirit's voice and He's drawing you right now. Why don't you come to me? Why don't you fly with the eagles? Why don't you be part of my family? Could we bow our heads just for a moment? Please listen. This is the day God has given you to receive Jesus. What about all my questions? Don't worry about the questions right now. Let's just focus on Him. Would you allow... God Almighty to come and dwell in your heart. Would you give Him room? Would you say, Jesus, I understand I'm lost, but I want to be saved. Would you say that? Maybe you would pray this with us tonight. Just pray in your heart right now. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I know You're speaking to my heart. And right now, I receive Jesus Christ. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and save me. Forgive me. Give me eternal life. If you prayed that as a testimony, just hold your hand up real high for a moment, just for a moment. If you prayed that right now, just hold it up. Yes, I receive Jesus Christ. I want Him in my heart. Anyone, anywhere, yes, God bless you. Hold him up just for a moment. Amen. Anyone else, yes, I receive Jesus tonight. I want to be His child. I want to receive His forgiveness. Father, You've seen these. Now they belong to You. They belong to us. And we praise You forever and ever. Amen.
1: Pastor Ellis, that was a great message. Thank you. One of God's unique plans for every single believer is to get us so weak we can't do a thing without it. You understand that? Most people do not understand God's plan once you become a spirit-filled Christian is to make you weak so he'll be manifested. He doesn't like to compete with our strength. I mean, he can't do anything. If you're sick, you go to a doctor. If you need root canal, you go to a dentist. If you're hungry, you go to the refrigerator. If you're thirsty, you go to the faucet. But what happens when we sin? The most important thing in our life is the very thing we do right after we've sinned. right after we've sinned. Confess it. Name it. Put it behind you and go forward. That's Philippians 3.13 and 14. Confess it. Forget it. Isolate it and go forward. I want you to think with me because the Bible says we have a treasure in this earthen vessel that the excellency of power may be of God and not of us. By the way, a fellow told me the other day that, I want you to listen to this. He said he went to the doctor and the doctor said, I got some bad news. He says you have AIDS, but I also got some good news. You have Alzheimer's and you'll never know it. So, we have a treasure, (laughs) that is kind of, we have a treasure in this earthen vessel that the excellency of power may be of God and not of us. Now listen carefully, Christians and all of us. We are troubled on every side, but not in despair. We are perplexed, but not distressed. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not knocked out. Always bearing in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. We which are alive are always delivered unto death. That the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death works in us that life may work in you. Do you understand the reason Christians don't understand their identity? Is God has to take away their strength. And He does this and something else until you get weaker. You think your heart is broken because you didn't get the girl you wanted. She doesn't think her hat was broken. But weakness comes in. You look at yourself. You don't look at God. And God's whole program is to reduce us to zero. With a self-image in heavenly places. Let me illustrate how this goes. In Daniel ten six. Daniel started a vision in that 10th chapter. In the 6th verse, there's someone clothed in fine linen, righteousness of God. And this vision had him coming to Daniel. And as he came, he had the appearance of Burl. What's Burl? Do you remember what Burl is? From Ezekiel twenty eight thirteen. When it says he has the appearance like Burl, does it have any meaning? Sadius, topaz, diamond, burl. You understand that's the fourth one. Love, joy, peace, long suffering. Burl is long suffering. And Ezekiel 28.13, the fruit of the Spirit for Lucifer before he fell, was just like God is for man. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and temperance. So he appeared, this angel, and it was an angel, though it seems to be like Christ. It's still an angel. And he appeared like Burl. Then the appearance was of lightning. Do you know what lightning is? And Ezekiel went in throughout the Scriptures. Lightning, when it's in the scriptures, many times is this. It's to manifest the tremendous charge of God against evil. It's to manifest God's charge against evil. His eyes were filled with lamps. Capacity for the Holy Spirit. And the word of God says in verse 8 of Daniel 10 that he had no strength. See? Weakness. Daniel had no strength. So in the 11th verse, God said to Daniel, O oh, Daniel, beloved, stand up. I know you don't have any strength. And then he began to minister to his beloved Daniel because the prayer had been stopped for 20 days. Michael came and helped that angel to give an answer to prayer. In verse 18, Daniel retained no strength. And then God spoke and it strengthened him. Do you know one of the deepest things in my life and in every Christian's life that is used of God? One of the greatest things for those that are used of God is to lose your strength. You don't like that, do you? To get the treasure, to come out through the vessel. Trouble on every side, yet not in despair. Perplexed, but not in distress. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not... People begin to analyze these terrible things that are happening, and God is out to prove something. Lest I be exalted above measure, a thought in the flesh was sent me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. I besought the Lord three times that it would depart, but this is what God said. My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. More gladly, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And I take great pleasure in my infirmities. Do you? Are you rejoicing over your infirmities? Come on now. You know this message is for us. I take great pleasure in my infirmities. Reproaches. Yes, reproaches. Necessities. Persecutions and distresses. Because when I'm weak, I am strong. See, that's a secret that Christianity has got to learn. God will bring people in your lives, sandpaper in your lives. And they'll sandpaper. And you'll cry. And He'll bring some more sandpaper. You want to run. He'll bring some more sandpaper. You act funny about it. And He's just trying to get you to be weak in your natural strength. Do you understand that? Paul said, "Who is weak? But I am weak." In Second Corinthians eleven twenty nine, he said, "I came to you in weakness and trembling." In First Corinthians two three, accepting the means that God sends messengers. He'll send people to you to rub you the wrong way. Two people get married. The woman isn't a good housekeeper. She's everything else. Terrible housekeeper. He finds out, I can't stand this. So he starts taking care of the house, and she begins to be insecure. And God starts the rubbing process. He rubs them the wrong way. And here's somebody that wiped her doorknob 50 times a day. She had, what do you, what do you call that, psychological problem? No, she'd she flush the toilet, honest to God, 15 times when there's nothing in the toilet. And if you went in her house, she'd, she'd rub the doorknob while you're in the house. Do it, you'd say, there's something wrong with my hands. She married a guy who was sluggish and kind of dirty. He never washed his hands when he left the bathroom. Got her crazy. She came to me for counseling. I said, you need the counseling first. Then here's this type of situation. Somebody that is loquacious. You know what loquacious is? I don't, but if you do. Somebody that is loquacious marries a quiet guy. And the minute they get in the house, she's, she's wonderful, she's sweet, she's precious. Top, 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 top. He goes in the bathroom, he's listening. Is she still talking? He rubs her the wrong way and she rubs him the wrong way and what God is trying to do is get Christ to come through with both of them. So he rubs us the wrong way that the treasure will come out and take over our weakness. When I am weak, I am strong. Now, I was going to preach on Second 2 Timothy 2.13, Romans three three. Not going to? I do want to Get this one ready for Wednesday night. Shall our unbelief make the faith of God of none effect? God forbid. Let God be true and all these precious men liars. <laughs> That's providing they men, I mean. They're beautiful men. You know I'm teasing. There's too many of them not to be teasing. And Wednesday night, I'll be speaking upon this. When we deny him. Remember, I'm only give you a paragraph, so don't say he's re-preaching. When we... You don't say that anyway. You'd like to sometimes. Now, if we deny him, he cannot deny himself. Because he abideth faithful. I'm going to speak on that Wednesday night. Would you bow your heads?